Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Mr. Matt on the keyboards. <laughs> you are up. Yeah. Some uh, this one is just more philosophical, but I, it, it just, and, and it kind of goes back to this whole thing that we were talking about with, with the, with the timeline shift thing or not, but, um, since we obviously, in, in, in that theory up, that theory episode, we kind of came to the conclusion that that Jacob and Mr. X are kind of just representations of fate or free will, and I'm wondering if we're actually going to see a quote unquote declared winner or not, or if they're going to say, well, it could be either way. Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, how will we know who the winner is? Yeah. Well, what would victory be? I think that's articulated in the opening scene of the last episode. Um, You know, Jacob says, it only ends once, everything else is progress. So an ending that would be satisfactory for Jacob would be where, you know, people stop fighting. You know, can we all get along? Yes. Um, People no longer fall prey to avarice and, and violence and hatred. And, you know that almost has to happen in order for it to be a happy ending show. But right. not to say that it will, but, but I mean, that, that's a pretty clear potential path. Hmm. Or the end could be that they get rid of the ability to travel through time. That would pretty much end all the questioning about it. What, what do you mean in, in terms of there would be no well, more time travel? Yeah, if they either destroyed the donkey wheel, destroyed all the sources of energy on the island, um, I don't know, I guess that they would just, there would be no war between them if the sources of their power were taken away, or um, the way that they manipulate people, if if that was taken away, and that would end it. It wouldn't necessarily be people living happily in peace and harmony, that sounds would, more like an afterlife than <laughs> than what uh, could happen in, in the real world, but I don't know. You know. I see what you're saying. You're saying that the game wouldn't be resolved, but it would, would end in effect. Someone would say, hey, game over. You can't play anymore. Mm-hmm. You kind of stop playing by default, I guess. Yeah, it's a, it's a not necessarily a forfeited, but a, a canceled completion of the game. Right, right. Well, that's a very interesting possibility. Um, And, you know, the third possibility is that the game goes on indefinitely without resolution. Yeah. You know, and that would be, to me, the most interesting ending. I mean, like a really good book, a really intelligent movie, you know, often it ends on an ambiguous note. I mean, the Hollywood ending would be, you know, Jacob's Way Wins, um, another sort of more interesting Hollywood ending would be Anna's version, you know, where the game ends. And then sort of the indie film version would be that this cycle continues and we just imagine for the rest of our lives what would keep happening. Right. So we will get an answer to that one as well. 
<laughs> yeah, we definitely will get an answer to that one. We, who knows what the answer will be, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, it's a great question. Like the timeline said, it's just one of those ones that that's uh, still bugging us. Um, so I guess I'll jump in with one. Um, you know, another couple of minor ones I have. Uh, one is the the pregnancy issue um, as to what caused that and and why wasn't it there, you know, earlier on um, when I guess, was it Amy, um, Iko Ainsworth, whoever it was, had her baby. So I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Will that be resolved? Yeah. I think so. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Anna. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yes, I, I think it'll be resolved. I don't know how. Um, I don't know if it'll take doctors to resolve the problem or if it has to do with the sources of energy on the island or with the time traveling or with something else entirely that we haven't even seen or considered yet. But I think it'll be answered. I agree. I, I, I think it's something that that, uh, that they will answer and I don't think it will probably take that much time, which is why I think it will be answered. I, I think a, yeah. a few simple statements or, or a look at an ancient text or or, or even just a, a been relaying something about why they've been having trouble with the fertility on the island or why why he it became his obsession. Um, I I think it can be cleared up in a, in a in a five to seven minute scene, and so I think they will answer it. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to think so, too. Um, yeah, it's not hugely complicated. I mean, do we think that the uh, the statue ties in with it, given that the stat- the uh, the goddess is the goddess of pregnancy? Mm, unless, I don't know, because the problem wasn't there in 77. So I guess it depends if you think it's tied to the statue being there still standing, then... It depends whether the statue was still there in 77 when we saw um, Ethan being born. Yeah, the, the, uh, well, we do know, and, and it could be for a various number of reasons, but we do know that even in Dharma times, normally pregnant women were taken off of the island um, to have their children. Yeah. Um, that was stated in one of the episodes this last season. So now as to why, again, it, it, that's still a question, and, and I think it, it files more into this whole pregnancy question, which hopefully we'll get an answer to. But I, uh, uh, I at one point was way on way on the wagon of yeah, it's all about the statue, and and because of something with the statue or, or another thing that it would be that that's the source of the pregnancy issue. Now I'm not even going to speculate. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to sit back and hopefully get an answer to it. If they don't answer it by the end of season six, then I'll start speculating again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good that you won't give up. No, uh, never. Never. We will never give up our search for answers. I mean, you know, this is one that I think is pretty interesting, but I have to admit it's it's not gotten a lot of airtime recently. It's right. kind of a mystery. They've dropped away a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you also have to wonder, did they bring women from the outside to see if it was maybe due to the effects of being on the island for a long time? Because that seemed to have other effects that had to do with whether or not they started having nosebleeds or not. It was exposure to the island. 
So um, maybe Amy didn't have very much exposure to the island, and that's why she could have Ethan no problem. Maybe Sun would have been okay. We don't really know if she would have been okay or not. Uh, Claire was okay giving birth. Um, so maybe if people had, had lived on the island for a long time, there was still a problem. We just don't know. The other thing is that we don't know the answer to. We do know that Claire was conceived off of the island. Of course, Sun had her baby off of the island, so that doesn't count. But do we, we don't know whether Ethan was conceived on or off the island. Just because she worked for the Dharma Initiative, she may have been off the island at the time he was conceived. Again, that's speculation. But there's a lot of... There, all of these little speculations are things that, they, that these writers can use to point to and say, well, you know... I, I, I mean, that would explain... They could, they could simply answer the question about whether whether Ethan was special about being born on the island or not by saying, well, Amy and, and Horace were off the island for three months before, you know, uh, Miles, or not Miles, but uh, Ethan was was con- was born, or, or I guess nine months before Ethan was born, not three. <laughs> but, so you're but, saying but, I mean, that, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying that, you know, a little 30-second, little 30-second look into into a, a record of some kind as to whether Horace and Amy were off the island at the time Ethan was conceived. Because it seems to be, uh, Juliet's pointed to two things. She's pointed to the fact that her first her first thing was uh, with Ben, her conversation with Ben about it was that it seems to happen at conception. But the problem doesn't start until the second trimester. Um, and those were in two separate episodes. I think one was not in Portland, the other one, the other woman. Am I correct in that? I'm not sure. So, so they say in one of those episodes, though, that the problem originates at conception? That was Juliet's theory. Mm. And it was not proven or disproven. But it was in it was in a flashback of hers right after she lost somebody uh at um and she was sitting out on the on the rocks uh and asked to go home and that was when Ben revealed to her that her sister's cancer had returned. Mm. But she I'm pretty sure she said, I think it happens at conception, at which case I need to take women off the island to see. And um, refused to let her do that. Well, that's great memory, Matt. I mean, it's it's kind of funny, though. It's like suggesting that, you know, if you're doing the nasty off-island, everything will be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> does know? That have, and does that have anything to do with the statue? Do we know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, gee, once they figure out that that's the problem, you could just take a boat offshore anytime you're feeling randy. Yeah, there you go. You know, <laughs> it's funny. So, lest we just devolve into frat house humor, um, perhaps we uh, should move on. We've just got a couple more questions before we move into the prediction uh, aspect of the show. And um, um, Anna, you had one on Miles that was pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, question about Miles. How did he get his ability? Where did he get his ability? How does it work? Sometimes people call it a power. I don't really like to call it a power because it's not really like a power that he exercises. It's more of just a, a ability within him that just happens. He just happens to walk over places where people are buried and he doesn't know it except that all of a sudden he knows what they used to know. 
So um, how much does he know? How much can he learn from these people? Uh, Faraday talked to him one time as if he could actually request specific information <laughs> when, when they walked over the, the grave, and he said, can you ask him what year it is? But then later, Miles tells Hurley, well, it doesn't work like that. You don't verse with them. Right. So. And and I I think that's a great question, and I have no idea whether we'll get an answer to it or, at, at all, and I don't have an answer or even a theory about how it goes. And, uh, but uh, I just, you know, you're right. He, it, it seems to be more of a condition than a power. I like mm-hmm. the definition of that. And I think also the only time that we've ever seen him, him kind of exercise it free willingly is one when he was trying to get figure out what was going on with the with the uh, guy that was working at the Swan who died, and the other time was to find food um, during what was that the the second part of the season premiere of season five when he went to find the boar. But then, other than that, he hasn't he hasn't really exercised it in a, in a in a free will kind of way. So it's not like it's something that he can turn on or off. Obviously, if, if he happens to to run across the body, then he's obviously going to get a reading from it. How that works, no idea. And that, I, I, you know what? As, in the terms of how, I doubt we'll really get a definitive answer because that's one of those kind of neat, mysterious things that they would love to leave unraveled. I'm betting. Mhm. Um, yeah. I mean, I tend to think that as well. That uh, that certain things about people's powers and specialness, they're just assuming without explaining. You know, Walt is special in some way. Um, Desmond is said to have this special ability that he can change the future. So, you know, people have special powers. It's not quite the X-Men, but, you know, there's definitely a lot of special powers kicking around out there. And I don't think the producers will, you know, state this is how he got the special powers or why. Um, You know, I also think that that, uh, Miles is you know, still kind of a minor character. I'm not sure the producers have quite decided what they want to do with him. Um, I think the power will be a great narrative device, you know, to explain certain things very efficiently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is an interesting question, and I think a lot of fans, you know, uh, like you, Anna, want to know. How much do you guys think they're going to do with Miles next season? I think that part of it depends on whether, to what extent the reset worked. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he'll be a major, major character, but I I think he'll show up now and then. Kind of like he did in, in the Dharma time. He wasn't really a major character, but he kind of just did what Sawyer told him, and he's just kind of around. So, nothing yeah, that's exciting. Like, There's so many yeah. other people to focus on. Like, I really like Miles and his character, but there's much more important things to focus on, unfortunately. So we'll have to wait to get the snarky remarks from other people. <laughs> can, 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 can you just imagine being one of the writers this year and looking at all this stuff and, 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 and probably seeing on, on, on message boards or whatever, although I'm sure a lot of them don't even pay any attention anymore because what a distraction that would be. But um, just, just imagining the pressure of trying to write this season Oh, it's yeah. got to be amazing because, I mean, you know, the the questions we have here are all very legitimate, and there are many other lists of, like, dozens of questions that really, really need to be answered. I mean, we're barely scratching the surface. It's literally like in order to get 
a healthy portion of the important mysteries resolved, you'd have to resolve like one mystery for every 10 minutes of screen time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like it would be Mystery Fest, you know, two thousand and nine. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a, it's quite, it's got to be quite a quandary for this guy. So, um, I'm sure that there'll probably be a couple things that I'll be disappointed in, but, uh, yeah, it, for the most part, I'm just along for the ride from here on out. I think. Well, I think we're all getting prepared for the fact that we're not going to get everything. Um, they've made that clear, so uh, we're being let down easy. Yeah, um, and th- and that might be fun. I mean, like Anna said, some of the stuff it's m- maybe even more fun to keep it mysterious. Mm-hmm. So we've just got a couple more questions in our our horn here, um, Matt. I think maybe to to close yours out, you had one on the injections. Yeah, uh, the uh, I, you know, ever since. Ever since we we saw um, Desmond doing the injections and everything, and and I just I've wondered what what they were for uh, exactly and how they work, and why is quarantine placed on on those on those hatch doors? Why on the, both the arrow and and the uh, the swan? You know, obviously it, it, it seems to me that the two are related. The injections and the word quarantine, and and Kelvin saying. Inject yourself with this every nine days, or you know, and hope that it, hope that you weren't out there for too long already. And uh, I can't imagine it just being a ruse um, in order to keep somebody in a hatch, you know, because what we now know that the aero station was supposed to be a strategic station, so you certainly wouldn't want to keep those people in there the whole time. But didn't didn't Inman trick him to some degree because Inman made it seem like you had to wear a suit outside? Yeah, and and I think in Inman's case, I think in Inman's case that he he probably was duping Desmond a little bit, but um, how would what what could he have possibly used to concoct those? The the injections had to be there anyway. They had to come as part of the shipments or whatever that that he'd been using since he'd been there. Good, good point. Yeah, it's a hell of yeah. a ruse. Like, yeah. I'm really gonna yeah. trick this guy. I'm gonna put a, fill up a bunch of syringes and put numbers <laughs> on them. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So, I mean, so they, they they must have a purpose, and I just would like to know what that, is, that purpose is. But that's uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, this one bothers me because I always felt it was such a central element. You know, they start out season two that classic scene with Desmond injecting himself. So it seemed like such an important part and then the quarantine, but I feel like this one too has gotten lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I agree. That's why I'm asking it now. Writers, please. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, Anne? Are we going to get a resolution on that one? Mm, I am kind of doubting it at this point. It seems to be something that let slip away. I mean, Claire used it on Aaron for a while and then gave up. It's sort of like, nah, we're not really supposed to care anymore. <laughs> Just, you know, let it go. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of how it felt, too. Yeah, with, with Claire, it's like it just got dropped. So if I was a betting man, I'd say we're going to be left high and dry on that. Um, how, how disappointed will you be, Matt? Um, well, I'm not nearly as disappointed as if they wouldn't, you know, answer 
an Adam and Eve or a smoke monster question or anything or those questions that we decided to leave off because they're obvious, so obvious. But, um, yeah, maybe slightly disappointed. Yeah. I, I just feel that somehow it is connected to the quote-unquote illness, which I believe is exposure to the smoke monster. I believe it's, it's when the smoke monster, like say with Robert and what I believe has happened to John Locke since Walkabout, um, I believe it has something to do with that more than, than, than something in the air in the island. And so I'm hoping that if it is tied into the smoke monster in some way, that we'll get an answer. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. That was resolved in The Little Prince. But I used to think it was something else, uh, the sickness. And, you know, maybe they, in fact, had another idea uh, about it. So, yeah, yeah I'm I, not – yeah. I agree. Okay, so let's see. My, I think I had a last question. Um, yeah, what do you think about the ash around the cabin? Um, I mean, that's one. It's not, you know, the biggest mystery of the show, but it strikes me as it was obvious enough that we should get an answer. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be neat if they answered that because I honestly have no clue what it's about or what it's for or what it does. And. I think we will get an answer because I think it, it's central to the resolution of the story itself. Uh, because it's obviously something, to me at least, it's obviously something between about this battle between Jacob and Mr. X, and I think that that has to be answered in order to help resolve that whole thing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, it's it hasn't been alluded to a ton, but it seemed to be a means of imprisoning Mr. X in there, right, perhaps? I'm sorry? It seemed to be maybe a means of imprisoning or trapping Mr. X in the cabin. Yeah, yeah, I tend to to agree that. I tend to agree with that. I mean, I guess there's a lot of unanswered questions about Jacob's cabin, as it were, that that, uh, should be resolved, especially since, you know, Anna named that her podcast, elevating it yet further (laughs) in importance. Yes. Well, Donald's saying right now in the chat that if you watch the commentary with the man behind the curtain episode, they give clues about the ash and it's some sort of means of uh, magical means of protection. So I guess that's sort of revealed in extra material. Hmm. Um, But still protecting who, protecting from what. How does it actually protect? I mean, it's ashes. Yeah, well, and, it doesn't and, even make sense. Is, is it to protect the outside world from what's inside, or is it to protect the inside of the cabin from what's outside? That's a huge way of... Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. You know. Is someone trapped inside, or are they keeping everything out? What are the ashes from? Are the ashes themselves magical? Are they people that came to the island and got killed, and they scattered their ashes in a big ring around <laughs> Yeah, I thought I'd heard somewhere that um, in some culture or mythology, you know, not lost but somewhere else, that ashes are used to um, ward off evil spirits or something or imprison evil spirits. And, you know, jumping off from that, that like Mr. X was trapped in there and that's why he says, help me. You know, he's Uh basically saying like, help me, get a rake and get these godforsaken ashes out of here. So that's the closest thing to a theory I have. Okay. Well, okay. Donald's writing the exact words in the chat. So circle of ash is a bit of a kind of protection or magic or kind of containment. Ben isn't afraid to touch it. 
Ben so is. that's interesting, you know. Oh, I thought, oh, Ben is afraid to touch it. Sorry, I read it wrong. Because he told Locke not to touch it, right? Uh, I don't remember. But I, I, I know he definitely was careful to set the example to step over it, even if he didn't say anything. Well, there you go. Step over it so you don't knock down the thing that's imprisoning Mr. X. Right. So and my theory is being validated as we speak. <laughs> well, because what Donald says is it's a bit of kind of protection or magic or kind of containment. The containment suggests uh, that that's what it's doing exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, because we know Mr. X was in that cabin, and then they burn it down, um, you know, after they find that out, the Alana crew, right? Yeah, after they, the ash is broken, so they think there's no more need for the cabin, or? Well, I was always kind of the under, uh, yeah, that there was no more need for the cabin if, yeah, because have we determined that it was probably Hurley that caused the break in the ash line? Well... I don't know. Well, I, mean, I think, it's the, think he tripped over it and accidentally, because he did fall when he came out of the cabin, he could have accidentally kicked it with his foot and broken it, or did it not break till three years later? Well, that's that's a that's a good question. Um, that's why I was asking because you know I was always under the impression, or I I've always just gone by the assumption, which is a bad thing to do with Lost, but that <laughs> you know when 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 Hurley got spooked by whoever popped his eye up at him in the cabin that in his running away, he probably didn't pay attention to where his feet were uh, and probably brushed some of the ash away at that time. Um, like you said, you know, whether he fell on it or, or kicked it with his foot or whatever, just in the act of running, he could have, uh, uh, he could have broke it. Mm. Well, yeah. and maybe that got Mr. X out. I mean, as far as the burning it down, I think it was more than, you know, there isn't any more need for the cabin. It was more like, shoot, we, we've got to burn this thing down because Mr. X was in here. Hmm. You, you know, completely purge it from the island. That or maybe it's like a home and he needs to return back to his home every once in a while and if they burn it down, he's kind of without without a headquarters or without a place yeah. to kind of recharge. Yeah, he goes there and recharges his batteries, grabs a beer, you know, you can't do that when, when it's in flames. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Burned his iPod up. Right. Donald notes that Ileana, or Alana, <laughs> I'm getting her name wrong again, um, says that Jacob hadn't used it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she knew that. Maybe none of his CDs were there anymore, but. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, that's a minor question, but one which produced much fascinating debate on our little podcast. And um, do we have any further thoughts before we go into the predictions section? Not at this point, I don't think. Okay. Well, this should be the even more exciting part because um, we've all done up a bunch of predictions for season um, some of these have been previously posted on, uh, was it the Tom Nelson? What's the blog in? Tom Wilson. Uh, yeah. Tom Wilson, he's Tom Wilson 24 on Twitter, and he's been asking uh, various people to make eight predictions for season six, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you really sit down and you try to write them out, 
that's a lot. You have to think really yeah. hard. And uh, he has a blog. It's simply television.blogspot.com, and he posts stuff on there every day. Uh, he's posted, I know he's posted um, Miss Wendy's eight predictions for season six yet. He hasn't posted mine yet, so this is sort of a preview, <laughs> I guess, of, of what you might be seeing. But I know he has a Lost Theories. I think every day he has a post called Lost Theory of the Day. So it's a very active blog in terms of uh, lost content. So, Tom, if you're listening, you the man. We've got an awesome blog there, and he's asked me to send in some too, and I was drafting my predictions before tonight's show, and I've got them ready, but... It'll be tonight the world premiere of my predictions and Anna's, even before exposure on Tom's blog. <laughs> so maybe, Donald, if you could do a drum roll for us or some other cool special effect, why don't we, we begin? What? Are we supposed to give them all the layers? Maybe only do three or four. <laughs> are we, uh, why don't we um, – let's take one at a time, and we'll get as far as we can get. Okay. We don't necessarily have to do all eight of each of them, um, of each of ours, but let's at least do maybe two or three. Okay. Uh, so, Anna, which is the first that you would like to put out there to the world? And if you're not well, right, you know, it's going to come back to haunt you. <laughs> I know. Well, okay, the first one I'll share is something that I've said before, and it's very controversial. I think that Juliet will be alive and that being so close to the bomb and the explosion and the exotic matter energy and all that will give her a Desmond fail-safe sort of experience. And I know that's very controversial, so we don't really have to talk about it if you don't want to. But that's just something that I really believe is is that we'll see her again, and I don't know if that'll heal her from her internal injuries. I mean, she might <laughs> she might die anyway. <laughs> but I think that she could possibly, very, very possibly, have that Desmond sort of experience. Cool. Should well, I do another one? Or? Well, that one was so good. I mean, let's linger on that for a moment. And by the way, if anyone gets, for every prediction that's right, uh, I'm going to donate $5 to save the children. As some of you heard from my show, I sponsor a kid through that organization. And I'm, I'm trying to get his email address so we can work on loss together, but it hasn't worked yet. But anyway, I don't know. I think that's it's a valid theory, Anna. I mean, I think it's I, – I don't think it's that outlandish. Yeah, I, I – you know, especially it, it, since I'm now in the camp of, of, of a reset uh, happening to an extent, then I could totally see that being the case. I wasn't in that camp until Comic-Con, but I'm in that camp now. Well, and I think she's still going to be in the show. I mean, they said that at Comic-Con too, right? Yes. But it, you know, being in the show can be a number of things. As we've seen Boone come back several, several times um, in Visions or in what have you. But, uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning much more your way, Anna, than I was four months ago. All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, you want to do one, Matt? Sure. Uh, this one will be a very unpopular one, but I can't see Sawyer making it to the end of the series. Maybe dying in the finale or maybe dying uh, in the penultimate, but I just can't see Sawyer making it. 
you've just lost your female audience for Keys to Lost. I, you know what? I just totally abandoned any Keys to Lost female audience. I know that. And uh, I, it's not that I want it to happen. I, let me just go on record. I don't want it to happen. It's just that some very important character has to be sacrificed, and I can't think of a better sacrifice to make for a compelling story than Sawyer because he's just that good. Well, that is actually very well said. I mean, the emotional impact would be huge on that. Yeah. And, you know, I think jumping off from that, yeah, they have to get, they have to actually have a death of a key character, you know, to sort of create that sort of resonance. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's just, to me, it's, 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 it's as heart-wrenching as it will be for me, too, because in my rewatches, Sawyer and Sawyer was not one of my favorite characters until I started doing the rewatches, but he truly has and, and to see the evolution of that character and, and especially up through this last season, you know, um it's it's gonna be absolutely heart wrenching for me to see Sawyer go. But I just I I think for that very reason is the reason why he, he, he will have to go. Hmm. Well Would you miss can Diana? I... Yes, please. Well, oh, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, I've got maybe an alternate death, (laughs) if you could call it that, and it's on my list, actually, is that somehow they might kill or destroy the smoke monster. That's one of my predictions. So that's sort of a major character death. (laughs) That would make me more unhappy than Sawyer died. I love the smoke monster. Yeah, me too. But well, that yeah. makes sense that they vanquish the monster. Yeah, I agree, and I can see that. I can totally see that happening. Anna. That's a good prediction. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some sort of final confrontation with it. All right, so I've got one that ties back to one of our earlier discussions, which is Richard Alpert will not be someone from the Black Rock, but rather he. He will be from Egyptian times, and he will be a conduit in the show for revelations about the Egyptian aspects of the show. So I think his backstory will be, in fact, in Egyptian times. Wow. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, well, I think it's possible. You think so, Anna, or am I all wet here? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. What What are you basing it on exactly? The way he looks? Or... Yeah, he just sort of looks like an Egyptian. No, actually, I, I don't know. Um, he I walks like he, an Egyptian? He walks like an Egyptian. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Alpert walks like an Egyptian. Um, no, he, I, I wouldn't want to, you know, racially profile him as an Egyptian. Um, I'm, I'm basing it on pure speculation. I'm really just basing it on the fact that um, I think he's been around for a heck of a long time. I think he's actually the source of some of the mythology uh, around, you know, Latin culture and Egypt. I mean, it's just a guess, but I think he is a really important character. So in the interests of maybe efficiency for them and sort of like, you know, wrapping up a few mysteries at once, um, I think that would be a good tie-in. So, but I don't really have a basis other than my uh, twisted imagination. Well, I, I like it. Like you said, it would answer it would answer multiple questions simultaneously. Okay, so Anna, you want to bang out a couple more? Sure. Um, I think that Aaron is going to have to return to the island somehow, 
and someone might bring him, like Eloise Hawking might somehow go find him and, and know that she has to bring him back. So that's one. Um, and then another one that kind of complements that is possibly Walt's return to the island. I, I guess I would predict that that might happen. I had this crazy theory that maybe he was on the Ajira flight somehow and we just haven't seen him yet because he was in California visiting Hurley pretty close before um, before the plane left. So <laughs> it's probably pretty crackpot, <laughs> but not completely with um, outside the realm of possibility, I think. Well, Anna, I can say I really like uh, your Aaron one because I have one of my predictions is that Miss Hawking will return to the island. Uh, not necessarily with her, I don't think, but Miss Hawking will return to the island. So that would be cool if we were both right about that. That would be really cool. And I don't think that's crackpot at all. I mean, aaron has got to be important somehow. So, um, you know, I think they're going to tie him in. And that actually ties into one of mine that I've probably voiced a little bit on my own podcast, but it's basically the prediction is that generational aspects of families will prove to be pivotal in the show. I mean, we have these various family lineages. We have Jack's grandfather, who I think will actually be important. We have Christian, Jack, and then we have people like the Hanso family, Tovar, Alvar, and Magnus Hanso going back through generations, Um, you know, Michael and Walt. Uh, and then I think there's a new generation coming up now, which is, you know, G. Yon and Aaron and, um, you know, Charlie, uh, who's Desmond's kid. So I think there's going to be a renewal of all this with a new generation. Yeah, I've heard theories about uh, what if what if season six started with seeing all the kids on the plane, but they were growing up. Was that yours, Alex? Yeah, yeah, that was mine. Yeah, that was an interesting one. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, yeah that, that would go to possibly the inconclusive end of the series if they sort of had that the whole thing recurring, not resolved, but continuing through a new generation. Yeah, and that kind of goes with what Jacob and anti-Jacob were saying. It's like it, it keeps happening over and over. Not the same people and not the same timeline in the loop, but the same sort of situation where these people are put in this challenging situation and some of them have to find redemption and some of them have to help Jacob and some of them have to help Jacob's enemy. And when's it all going to end? When's it going to be over and they don't have to do this again? Right, exactly. That it's going over and over. And, you know, my sort of gloss on that statement is that it, the people that he's bringing to the island are from the same families. Um, and that actually ties in with another one of my sort of random predictions is that Richard Albert will turn out to be related to Alana. Um, it's based mm-hmm. more on their physical sort of similar appearance to some extent. But, you know, I think that that would be a great thing to basically state that, you know, Jacob has been bringing generations of people to the island, which also ties into, um, you know, Buddhist aspects of sort of reincarnation and traveling through uh, life again, trying to get it right. So, Matt, you want to bang out a couple of yours? Sure. This one probably won't be very popular either among women or men, but uh, let me let me just go off by saying we can't have had this character of Kate strung along for so long, doing so little, without her having some kind of very central, important piece to this puzzle this season. 
they made her into such a strong character in the pilot, and and uh, she has since started to degenerate ever since, just down on a downward slope. And there's, I just can't imagine there being some kind of contract issue with Evangeline Lilly that keeps them from having to, from being able to. They've killed off so many other characters that that became frivolous. There's got to be something important about Kate, and I, I I'm going out way out on a limb, and I'm saying that Kate will end up being the most important piece in the game after all. Is there said to be contract problems with her? No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm saying that there can't be any. There can't be any. Uh, uh, you know, why? Unless there was some kind of, of stipulation in a, in a contract that she made, which being a, a basically a no-name uh, cast member uh, when she first signed on with this. I mean, yes, she has the first season kind of propel, propelled her into superstardom, but there's. I just can't see them having any, unless there was something in a contract that says, well, we can't kill Kate off. Oh, you know? okay. Uh, I thought you were saying that maybe she's having contract problems now and won't be back. No. As uh, far as to my knowledge, to my knowledge no, no. Well, maybe, is there actually some way we could create some? Like maybe we could call up ABC <laughs> and say, we're Kate's <laughs> age and <laughs> we quit. <laughs> <laughs> But more seriously, Matt, I think it's a good theory. Um, yeah, it, I just I've become so disenchanted with Kate that, and and I think a lot of lost fandom has that the only way to redeem her is to make her very important, which actually made this enchant franchise or or or, or uh, you know make people like her even or dislike her even more. I don't know, but. They, there has to be a reason why she's been stuck around because Shannon was annoying. They killed her off, you know. Analysia, some people were saying say was annoying, and they, well, she she had a contract just to do one year, I think. But you know, it it, it just seems to be one of these things where they can't have had this character standing around doing nothing except to to fill out these certain plot points to to just kind of move the story along without having any development of character, unless. She has some key role at the end game, but uh, you know, I no, I, I I tend to agree with what you're saying, Matt. I, I guess I have a question for you guys, a little sort of tangential to this, but you know, there is this massive sort of Kate disaffection in the fan community, at least among we podcasters and so forth. Do those guys like Damon Lindelof listen to stuff like that or care or not? I I think probably not. Yeah. Um. However, you know, uh, I think they play off some of the things that they have listened to um, about, uh, say, the uh, Nikki Paolo thing. Mm. You know, um, they played it down saying that, that, you know, they had a plan to get rid of them anyway. But I can't imagine why you would bring them in in the first place if you had a plan to get rid of them, especially without it advancing the story in any way, shape, or form, really other than to give us a couple of flashbacks of uh, Ben looking at a monitor in the pearl at, at Jack and revealing his plan to, to, to get Jack to do his surgery. Mm, yeah, that sounds, that sounds just about right. What do you think, Anna? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, Anna, do you want to bang out a couple more before we start winding down? Yeah, how about one more? I got one more. You got it. All right. It will be revealed, I predict, that Libby is sort of like Abaddon. She was 
there to help people get to where they needed to go. She was carefully placing herself in various places to uh, help people along on their way. Maybe this would mean finding out that she was in um, in more people's backstories than we know. And I know that it's very, very unlikely that we're going to get any Libby uh, resolution or any more of the story, but maybe this would sort of be continuing universe outside the show, but we'd find out that she was sort of performing this job just like Abaddon was, helping people be in the right place at the right time. She'd be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. She definitely did do that in the case with Desmond. and. Uh, mm-hmm. Just yeah. sort of planting the idea or helping the idea along. He's like, well, I want to do this race around the world, but I don't have a boat. Just the same way that Locke just needed a little push. You know, He just needed somebody to plant the idea in his head of, hey, you should do a walkabout. And once he thought it through, he was like, hey, I should do a walkabout. Yeah. Well, you know, I think you, your prediction there, and it just goes to the, you know, hunger people have to have Libby back, you know, and to resolve that character. It's it's kind of too bad that we probably won't get an answer because, you know, a lot of people like her. She was an interesting character. Yeah. I, do, I don't know that it necessarily has to be, you necessarily have to have the actress to, at least for the hardcore fans, to re, to to, to have Anna's prediction come to fruition. Um, you know, I mean, there could be a, a, a flashback place somewhere that uh, where, um, say, Woodmore and Abaddon are talking about Libby or somebody somebody in Ben's camp is talking about Libby, you know, one way or the, one way or the other that would explain those kind of things. So I kind of like that, Anna. I, I, hope it, I hope it does happen. <laughs> cool. So, Matt, you want to do a final prediction? Oh, a final prediction. Gosh. Well, uh, let's see. How about this one, guys? Richard Alpert will die. He's not immortal. No. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Doom and Gloom on the predictions, aren't I? But you know, Matt, you're just trying to alienate your fan base through these predictions. I, to- I totally am. But I, you're like a punk I, rocker now. I, I've, I've been on record since at least uh, the variable as saying that Richard Richard Alpert is not immortal. I've heard that frame that that word used way too many times about him. He's, it's not that he's immortal. It's that he's ageless. We've seen him. We've seen him fear weapons. We've seen him. We've seen him fear things. And uh, so I just I because I believe that that Alpert I'm kind of in Anna's camp is the there's something really ambiguous going on about that. I, I just believe that Richard Alpert's going to have to die in order to satisfy the story. Hmm. Well, I hope you're wrong, and I'm not sure you are. I mean, I don't. I don't. I totally agree with you that we're going to have someone like Sawyer um, depart because that would be, uh, you know, sort of dramatically satisfying in some way. But I, I don't know. I don't think it's that integral to the story to have him die. I mean, you could be right. Yeah, I would, you know, these you are interim. Interim predictions, you mean yeah. you're reserving your right to wriggle out of them. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're all doing. We're all debating and, you know, testing evidence, and, and uh, hopefully our final predictions will, will come close to the mark. So let me see if I can unearth one from my list that I haven't covered. Um... Okay, this is. I'll just throw this at out there to 
kind of tie into our timeline discussion, which here's the prediction. It will be confirmed that Desmond changed the future when he pushed the fail-safe button key at the end of season two. He started a new timeline by doing so, and the crash that starts off season three was, in fact, a new timeline where events events unfolded unfolded differently than they otherwise would have. And then the detonating of the bomb at the end of season five will reinstate the initial timeline in which certain characters such as Echo and Charlie will be alive. (laughs) With that cackling I heard, Matt. (laughs) Hmm. I'm just not sure about the alternate timeline thing. Oh, it's you, you laughing, Anna. You, you know your theory's off when you're greeted with peals of laughter. <laughs> yeah, the, the alternate timeline idea just makes me uncomfortable. I just don't see it going that way, which we've already been over, I guess. But that is really interesting that it would branch off then instead of now, people are thinking. Yeah, that that has to be one of the most in-depth predictions I've ever heard. That, that's, that, that is, can, can we hold you to every word of that, or do we just get the little parts? Well, put it this way. Uh, if I am right, I should get some sort of special prize. I was going to say, you get, you get mega bonus points for that one. <laughs> Maybe I'll like, get a job at the CIA or something. <laughs> Yeah, we'll hook you up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We've got really... questions. Right. <laughs> well, awesome, Alex. Thank you. So any concluding comments? We've sort of gone through some really good questions and some exciting predictions. Um, any final thoughts either of you guys have? Uh, well, uh I would just like to say, first of all, thanks to everybody in the chat room who offered all their opinions and everything. I didn't get as much of a chance to read them as I would have liked, uh, but the you know it, when you guys were bringing up things from say from like Donald or other people who were posting stuff in the chat room, it really helped fuel some of the thoughts. And I really enjoyed this. Thanks for having me, uh, Alex and Anna. Well, well thanks I for was... coming on, both of you guys. It has been great, and like you said, the people in the chat have been great. There's still a bunch of people in the chat. There's someone called Crazy for Lost. Who's saying, mention my name, please. <laughs> saying hey, that they left their wife and gave up their kids for lost. So uh, <laughs> I don't know who that is, but somebody crazy for lost. And they're really excited now that we mentioned them. Typing in all caps. So. It's their 15 <laughs> you know minutes excited. of fame here. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I would echo what Matt said that, and what Anna said, that uh, thanks for the folks in the chat line. It, it, it has been hard to read because – you know, when you've only got three people on a call, especially, you know, guys as quick as you two with your thoughts and ideas, it really takes a lot of concentration. Yes, you I have to actually pay attention. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've not, not been like the ramble ons with 20 people. You don't have to pay attention all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was actually listening to uh, the Nancy Drew podcast from the other night, and one of the uh, participants like brings up a theory that was brought up like five minutes earlier, like verbatim. <laughs> and he 
keep this like, thanks for listening to me, Dan. Oh, well, it happens to the best of us. I totally blanked out at the, the Jay and Jack 25-hour marathon uh, last spring. I was on one of their panels on Saturday night. It was a lost panel, and I totally was not paying attention. And Josh Meister asked me the question, and I was like, can you repeat that? I did not get that. I had no idea what he asked me. He called on me first. I was like, oh, no, because if they call on someone else first, then it doesn't matter. You just listen to their answer, and you're like, oh, that must be what the question is. You can figure it out. That's great. Yeah, or usually you can just sort of jump in and say, yeah, that's a really great theory, huh? I sort of agree with that, yeah. Yeah, which is maybe how we get going on so many rabbit trails because we just jump on a word like, oh, they mentioned Richard Alpert. So then you just say something else about Richard Alpert, totally not related. But that's it works. True. Everybody just goes on a different topic, and, and it sounds like you were paying attention. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to test people with that, you know, in some future podcast and say something like, you know, don't you think it's possible that, you know, Mr. X is Dick Cheney in disguise? And someone's uh-huh. like, yeah, that's pretty plausible, man. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like we should do a podcast of how to cheat at podcasting. This is like Cliff Notes for podcasting. <laughs> Maybe well, we should we teach have... courses, online classes on podcasting. Yes. And we had like half the Lost Podcasting Network in the chat with us tonight. Did you see all the folks that were here? I don't think those are all real, just, just oh. to say. <laughs> really? Oh, they're just pretending to be people. Well, some people like to come into talk show and make fake names. Yeah, oh. Um, yeah. I see. So some of them I checked against accounts I knew that were real and they didn't quite match up. So there's another podcasting secret for you. Oh, Razzle Dazzle saying, I'm real, she's real. <laughs> we know who she is. <laughs> we, 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 we know you, Razzle. Thank you for coming. Well, and I'll, I'll know that I've really arrived as a podcaster when someone, you know, poses as me in the chat. Well, ah. you did have the missing white girl. That's your band. That's true. That's about as good as it gets for me. Well, maybe we should wrap this up. It's certainly degenerating quickly. So <laughs> it is. <laughs> no, it's been great chatting with you guys. It's always a lot of fun, and um, you know, thanks for uh, for having me on Jacob's Cabin, Matt. Always fun to wrap with you too. You too, sir. You all have great thoughts, and it's always an education. Thanks a lot. Thank you guys a lot for coming on. Thank you, Alex, for moderating and kind of keeping our discussion flowing. No problem. I I didn't even have to use a buzzer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were pretty well behaved. (laughs) You guys were were awesome. Succinct, (laughs) clear, to the point. This was like the antithesis of a ramble cast. It was a focus (laughs) cast. Yes, it was very focused. And now I I'm rambling. I have to give one last, one last shout-out I have to give is to Donald because we didn't invite him. Because <laughs> 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 we were sort of talking on email already about some things, and so we're like, hey, let's do a podcast. And we didn't invite Donald, and he's in the chat, and he's been there for a long time. So thanks, Donald. Sorry we didn't invite you. We'll invite is you he, next time. <laughs> is he mad at us? No, he's probably mad at me, but he's not mad at and thanks, Donald, for all the insight. You know, we were we were re- we read a lot of your blurbs from the chat room tonight to give us information. Yeah, we did. So. 
you know, he, he was actually making some really incredibly insightful points, which is actually why I thought it wasn't really Donald that was someone posing as him. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm not going to touch that one. No. Yeah. <laughs> He's reacting with his usual sense of good humor, so. Well, guys, so thanks again, and uh, I guess we'll do it again soon. See you for the final predictions. Yeah, we might revise our predictions before we actually get to season six. Then we'll have to do this again and invite Donald and other wonderful podcasters out there. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, we have passed the two-hour mark, so. All right. Sweet dreams, guys. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.